Welcome to this very special episode of Safe Home Podcast for struggling teens and their families finding their healing path. I am Beth Syverson, a mom of a 17-year-old son, Joey, who has been dealing with drug addiction, depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation for several years. I'm walking beside him as he struggles with his own recovery while I work on my own personal growth and healing. I am thrilled to welcome Joey back to today's podcast. If you've listened to the last few episodes, you might know he's relapsed about six weeks ago. He is still living in his dad's, so we created this recording on Zoom, but he was very interested in giving you all an insight into his life since he's relapsed. Even though substances are still in his life, he was clear and coherent during our talk, and I hope this glimpse into his life helps you have more understanding and empathy when someone you know relapses. He hopes to pop in on future interviews with other guests whenever he can. And a quick reminder that you can find us on all social media platforms and you can subscribe on YouTube if you don't want to miss any episodes. And also we invite you to join us on Patreon if you'd like to support us with a small financial donation every month. Patreon makes it really easy to do that. You can find that information at patreon.com slash safe home. And just a quick note, this episode contains some swear words and descriptions of drug and alcohol use and may not be appropriate for sensitive listeners or younger children. Well, I'm very happy to let you all know that Joey is back with us on the podcast, at least for today. And if you've been listening lately, he relapsed about six weeks ago, but he and I have been in communication most of that time, and he is wanting to talk about relapse from a boots on the ground kind of perspective. Yeah, like I, I feel like I should chime in in this period of time where I'm at and say like how things are going and what led up to it because it's very important to know what it's like. It's sort of like a reporter in war, you know, mm-hmm. going in war. You know, the the ones that are on the in the battlefield. It's a struggle, and I want you guys to know that it's not easy. And I, I really want to show you what the reality is of a relapse. Before all this happened, if I would have heard relapse, I would have thought that I can't talk to you, that you yeah. would never be coherent, that you're completely off the rails. But I've had s- several great conversations with you over this time. Yeah. And you're perfectly coherent today. I, I think it's good to um, just let everyone know that we are opening our lives to show what it's like. Yeah. And that it's not like when someone is under the influence of weed, they can't talk or they're just always couch locked or something. I, I, I'm actually feeling really good. I, I, I do feel like a little lazy, but I, I do feel like I uh, can get a podcast done and talk about good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's so important for us to hear your voice. And yeah. So I'm glad you're willing to come on. Uh, Why don't you talk about what led up to your relapse? You were at our house, going to school, getting back involved in baseball and music, and things seemed to be going really great. Okay, so what started was the anxiety in school was the, um, I had like a music class and that kind of got me anxious. And then I wanted to use because of that. And then because I didn't have anything I just started craving and craving and then it just led to me finding a means which means is finding a way to get it get your substance or whatever and 
I found the means, which was going to my dad's, and I relapsed. Yeah. So you called your dad. Yep. And said, Dad, come pick me up. And he got in the car and came and got you. Yep. Uh, five seconds later. Mm-hmm. Right. And then how long before you relapsed when you were at your dad's? It was about a day or two. Yeah. You were, I think you thought that you could, you know, white knuckle it and just, yeah. just do it, do the thing. No, it's not easy when you have an um, enabler. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Well, enabling is just a person that just happens to think they're helping you by like enabling essentially, but without knowing. But there can be a, a, a conscious enabler, but my, my dad's just an unconscious enabler. He's just like really naive and mm-hmm. thinks is helping me by giving me money and but then at the same time, he he does like emotionally brigade me, you know. He he yells at you. Yeah. And shames you when you are uh, using substances. Yeah. But he's the one that's giving you the money for the substances. Exactly. <laughs> or making it okay for you to do it in his house or whatever whatever mm-hmm. is happening. And ha- have you had conversations with him about that? Can you like, Dad, please don't give me any money. Yeah. No. No. Happening? Yeah. I tell him like, just stop. And then it just happens. And then I get craved, like I get a fiend and then like I slip and then he just says, okay, Joey, like he gives in. He, yeah, he, he gives in figures it's un- unavoidable. Yeah. <sighs> if he would just say no. Oh, it would be way better. Easier. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of parents, uh, I, I think your dad is a particularly strong case of an enabler and as you said unconscious which makes it way worse yeah Um, because he he doesn't even we've tried to talk to him about it a million times and he won't even hear it yeah but but a lot of people think they're helping by keeping off the street yes exactly but the street and that that's what one of my um uh allies um uh one of my dad's friends told me my dad's just an enabler and he needs to just kick me out and say no Mm -hmm. because that will be the time I will just finally realize Mm -hmm. because it's it's that point where you don't have any support and Mm -hmm. people to help you so it's all on you at that point yeah so if he kicked you out you'd have to scramble and figure out a way to survive exactly Mm -hmm. and that would kind of wake you up I think yeah it would yeah You'd, you'd wake up pretty quickly, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And you'd have to, like, figure out logistically where to go, how to yeah. get food. You know, you'd have to find ways to get services or support or whatever you need. Yeah. So, uh, but I don't see that your dad will ever do that. Do you? No, I don't think mm. so. So how, aside from your dad, like, dying or moving to Alaska, uh-huh. <laughs> what's, your, uh, what's your plan with your dad? With my dad, I'm just thinking about just getting out on my own. And that's going to be through like a sober living because that's going to be the easiest way out. Not like I'm going to take the easy way out as in being a, like a like that type of person. But I, I, I just need a way out to get a way out. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's my first step out of the house to get away from my enabling father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Now, in the past, he's handed you stuff in rehab. So no. what if you meet him for lunch and he says, oh, here, Joy, I know you like this stuff here. Uh, I'm just not going to keep in contact with him for a long time. Okay. And just kind of for your own safety. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I I think that's, I, I agree. I think that's what you have to do. Yeah. I, I, I hate, I hate that because it's your dad. I mean, it's as enabling as he is, it's still your dad, but yeah. I think it's just such a toxic situation. Yeah. Um, uh, um, so why don't you talk about sober living? What you know about it anyway, I guess maybe in a future episode, we'll tell you more <laughs> Yeah. if you get in, but what is it? I bet a lot of people don't know what sober living is. Uh, sober living is a place where, um, someone can have a place to stay with other people who are like-minded wanting to get off drugs or on the street and just need a place to stay where you can eat, put your clothes away, put, get a shower and you have meetings, go to meetings and stuff, but it's not like a rehab where you're stuck. You can, um, walk out whenever you want. Yeah. But they have strong curfews and, uh, yeah. house rules yeah. that kind of help you stay in line. Yeah. Um, so, and the reason you haven't gone yet is I'm not 18. So in about a week and a half, you'll turn 18 and then that will open up. It's been yeah. very frustrating that there's nothing like that for under 18. No one wants the liability. Yeah. So it's, it's messed up. It is messed up. There's not nearly enough uh, services for adolescents. It's been a really tough, tough slog that way. So uh, you're going to research uh, sober livings, sober living houses around, uh, well, not right around where you are right now, hopefully a little far away, like the next town over or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not super close to all of your old habits and places and people. Yeah. Okay. I want to know, was there anything I could have done or Jan could have done to prevent you from relapsing? No, because at that point, um, I have, it's, it sucks because I'm turning 18. Uh, like, uh, well, like at, at that point, yes, you could have just said, no, give me your phone and then just take, just have me stay there because you have all rights to do that. But when I turn 18, you don't. Mm -hmm. If we had taken your phone and said, no, you're staying here, what would you have done? Oh, I would have flipped out. Yeah. You would run away, right? I would have ran away, but it probably would have kept me in the area. But if you ran away, you would have gone to the streets and there's plenty of drugs around here. Yeah. So, because you were fiending, you would have probably found drugs one way or another. Yeah. Hmm. Are you angry that we didn't do that? Do no, you? I'm not angry. I'm just like, I, I wish I uh, knew like what to do about that yeah i guess we figured you'd get down to your dad's anyway so yeah it's usually how it goes that's kind of what our thought process was well because you've walked there before yeah so uh, we figured well it's like a magnet drawing you down there. yeah <laughs> so oh uh, so but if if there are people listening you think they should just kind of lock you down yeah. In the house and take away all of your privileges. And I think that's the best for a kid under 18, but over 18, don't do anything. Yeah, you can't do anything. You so. can't do anything. Yeah. But what if somebody did that and then they ran away? Call the cops. Okay, when we did that, they didn't help at all. 
Well, I don't know what to do at that point because <laughs> I, I really don't know because it's so hard. It's such a hard situation to like deal with. Yeah. I think that um, I think making the the person face the consequences, though, is the best thing to do. The best thing. You yeah. have to let them hit it. So they have to come up with a solution. And instead of using substances, although, you know, because maybe. You, well, you're enabling essentially when you don't um, when you actually help them by not letting them go. You're enabling by not letting them go by let yeah by not letting them go because if they walk out on you that's their choice yeah so if they walk out just let them walk out yeah exactly yeah let them walk out and see how it is out in the world yeah <laughs> and see how fun that is and maybe they will come to their senses quicker and go well this is not where i thought my life would go exactly but it could take decades though yeah but that's on I them mean, yeah that's on them i mean you can't live their life for them, right? Yeah. And the each person, no matter what their age, they have to want to be well. Exactly. You go into these cycles and you're in one right now of kind of self-destruction. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the other night when you um, stole the alcohol? and? Well, yeah. Uh, I, I'll just say, like, I was with a group of friends that stole alcohol and we got caught up with the police. And then I took the charges for the kids. But that's just another thing that says that I'm in a, I'm in a spiraling yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, you're in self-destruct mode for sure. Yeah. Um, but you're still talking to me. And <laughs> you're, you're still, you know, making stuff, making music. Mm -hmm. And um, working on the uh, t-shirt business with your friend. No. And you're still trying. Yes. So that gets 100 million points. Yeah, it's not like when someone relapses, they just sit down on their ass and does nothing and just do drugs. They happen to like, they're doing drugs, but trying to get out of it at the same time, which is a hard thing to do. Yeah, just the struggle. You're just yeah. tangled in it, right? Yeah. You're tangled in it and just trying to figure out a way out. Yeah. Uh, it's so hard at your age too, because you're, you're almost 18 and on the cusp of adulthood and um needing to find a job and you know yeah. like what the hell what am i supposed to be doing here yeah. there's so much so even if you were just a regular old run-of-the-mill typical teenager i think this is a difficult time of life oh, yeah. for everybody Definitely. because you're like oh shit i'm not ready for living by myself yeah uh, you know <laughs> I, I mean it, it becomes real real at that point so you're oh, yeah. dealing with that and the substances and um, abuse from your dad and you know yeah. a lot it's a lot yeah um what would you say you need right now like today what do you need the most just knowing that i have support all around me and knowing that people i love love me back and that that's just it doesn't it sounds selfish but in in the end it, it's not selfish you just want someone to love you yeah that's the core, that's the crux of it, isn't it? Yeah. You just want to know you matter to somebody. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you look at people on the street, you're just like, God, that's somebody's kid right there. Yeah, literally. <laughs> or I'm someone's sure. mom or dad. Yeah. It, it, people 
do not exist in this world um, completely alone. At least at one point they had somebody, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, so uh, then humans just need need connection. Yeah. That's a primal need. So uh, you want to stay connected like we are. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what you would recommend for anybody that has a person in their life that's relapsed or that's kind of bouncing around. Yeah, to stay in connection and just love them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What if people say that that is enabling? Well, don't do anything to enable, but just say like, hello. And yeah. like be there as in like, say like hi how are you doing today not like go over to the house and give like go over to the house and give them money and stuff but just say that you're in their life yeah still that we're still here yeah and yeah so no money no um anything that can be traded for money yeah right um and i buy you food yeah food's good food is good yeah. and uh what about on the other spectrum what if a parent just thought if they yelled at you enough to stop doing it, that that would work? No, that would make it worse. Yeah. Cause that, that's just not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not as if you have a shortage of shame already. Exactly. Right? You, you already are kicking yourself. I'm sure. Yeah. I think you were probably kicking yourself on the ride back to your dad's. Exactly. Part, part of you, right? Yeah. It was half and half. Yeah. So the middle ground of support keeping on loving our person and yeah. reaching out. And I hope we can continue our connection, Joy. No, yeah. Uh, well, we'll talk about, we'll talk a little bit after this. And thank you for having me again on this. And I, I really do want this to reach a lot of people. And I've seen on Anchor that is reaching a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. We're really excited about the growth and it's in, did you see it's in Singapore? Yeah, India, I saw and, that. I saw that. So it's like, whoa. Hello to whoever you are around yes, the world. Yes, <laughs> hello to the the um out of um country uh viewers. So thank you. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I hope you're really changing the world, my love. Thank you, mom. Okay. I love you. I love you. We hope you all stay, stay safe. safe.